Whether you on the outside of your market trying to tap back in Or just need a little help to find a way to gain some traction again You need some market reconnection We got the answers to your questions No second thoughts or second guessing You need some market reconnection The real question is this How does a seven-figure business regain traction in the market? How do we reconnect with our audience? How do we stop worrying about our competitors? taking over and find the peace of mind and certainty within the marketplace. That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Ivan Temelkov. This is Market Reconnection. What's going on, everybody? Ivan Temelkov on Market Reconnection Podcast. Back with another freshly squeezed episode, and today I'm really excited for my guest who is joining me. And uh, we'll talk more about on the business side of things, which I'm personally very excited about and hope you guys will get some value out of this. And without further ado, today I am joined by Van Carlson. How's it going? Good, man. Thanks for having me on your show. Looking forward yeah, to the conversation. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. absolutely man. It's a absolute pleasure. And though we chatted a bit previously and, um, you know, you dropped some knowledge bombs there that I think a lot of small business owners, small to medium-sized business owners really don't know about. And I'm looking forward to peeling back some of that information that we kind of spoke yes. to briefly. But before we do that, let's start off with quickly just introducing yourself. Tell us about a little bit about who you are, what you do, and how'd you get into what you're doing today? Yeah. So uh, in risk management, for business, uh, business owners. I've, I've been doing it for almost 30 years now. I mean, it's probably been my most, uh, re it's, it's been really rewarding the last several years. Um, mm -hmm. up until that point, you know, it's risk management is never exciting for business owners, right? They look at it as a cost, you know, when it comes to insurances and all that good stuff. But, you know, the reality is I think we got clients out there, business owners that take a lot of risk to do what they do. And, and, uh, a lot of times insurance, you know, uh, traditional insurances fall short. And that really became glaring back in 08 um, when the Great Recession hit. And I saw a lot of business owners, you know, pillars of the community, risk takers, guys that had a dream and, and ran with it and, and, you know, really created jobs in their community and, you know, small to middle market business owners, like you were saying. And unfortunately, a lot of them, you know, found themselves going out of business. And, you know, then you look at big businesses, you know, sometimes they don't care what's going on. in the they, they win and lose. They went they went on both sides of the ledger a lot of times. And so. Right. You know, I just feel like there had to be a smarter, better way to run a business. And uh, this is where I was introduced to the concept that we, we do today. And what we're going to be talking about is really a very little known tax code called 831B. B. Our website's 831B.com, but 831B is still different than the 401k, right? It's just where you find it in the tax code. But really what happened back in 1986, um, the insurance industry was non-renewing a lot of business owners. There was hardening of the market, nothing like we've seen. You know, you go back to 86, um, you know, there was stag inflation, interest rates were super high, uh, claims, you know, insurance companies weren't nearly as regulated as they were today. Um, and, and two, it's, you know, the information age hasn't hit yet, right? So, I mean, we're just getting ready to hit that in the early 90s. Um, but really, the small business found themselves not being able to insure their traditional insurance is not alone risk they couldn't transfer, stuff they were self-insuring for. And so Congress got together and said, hey, we're going to create a tax code called 831B that allows small to middle market business owners uh, to take, take a deduction to the operating company level, no different than traditional insurances, but they're going to dump it into this 
831B plan, no again, 401k, 831B, uh, and then we're going to be able they, that 831B does not pick that up as income, and now you're able to build reserves and surplus. Now, truth be told, it was originally written for small to middle market business owners mm-hmm. uh, who gravitated to it first were Fortune 500 companies, big companies. Uh, you know, they're already in self-insuring risk. I mean, Zurich's not going to sell Microsoft product liability risk, right? Uh, right? So they're already taking these risks on themselves. They just saw a much more tax preferential treatment on it. And they were they were the, really the first ones to the market. Um, now, you know, it's, now you're talking almost 40 years now. Um, we got into business after 08, um, grew our, co- you know, came up with the concept of strategic risk alternatives. 831b.com really started building out our product line, getting our crafting our message, and it came around 12, 13 year 2012, 2013. Uh, you know, we started getting some really um, traction in the in the marketplace, and now we've got over 200 advisors around the country that represent our products, and really it's talking to business owners, um, you know, talking about risk, and and again, these are a ton of risk out there that you know. We think traditional insurance companies do a very good job when it comes to tangible assets of a business, meaning the buildings, the vehicles, things that you can get a loan on, right, essentially. But most business owners really value the intangible assets of their business, reputation, intellectual properties, contracts, where, where their brand sits within their community, the trusts and the, and, and that, they, that uh, the consumers put into that, into that brand. That's what really business owners value. And traditional insurance, insurance carriers fall down on that. They, they just don't like the intangible asset coverages. It, no different than banks like to loan money on them either, right? Um, so that's where really kind of we plug in and really help business owners that, you know, I, I make it very clear to businesses, I don't here to increase or decrease the risk you currently have. We're just gonna take the risk you can't tra- transfer traditionally through insurances and make it more manageable for you, mitigate that risk. And that's really deferring taxable income, building up your own reserves and create, creating your own surplus. And that, and so when I say an 831B plan, just know that the box is a C-Corp and it has to look and feel like an insurance company. That's what we as their administrator, no different than a 401k administrator, we manage that, we manage that box. We manage that 831B plan. We make sure they follow the four-part test. I mean, there's rules and regulations of this thing, obviously. And that's our job. And that's where we come in and play with the business owners. And believe me, there's, you know, and then of course, you know, not only did we have the Great Recession, but what, 12 years, 12 years later, COVID hit. And that's really where I think a lot of business owners came to realize that their traditional insurance are, fell down on a lot of ways. I mean, if you didn't have a direct loss on your property, there was no coverage. Indirect losses specifically state you're excluded. So, you know, we've got a couple of those going on right now too, Ivan, where, you know, you look at the, um, I think there's a tire fire going on right now somewhere in the Midwest where two over 2000 people got evacuated from a small town yesterday and all those businesses had to shut down. Well, there's no business interruption for that, you know, because there's no direct loss on that property. So therefore it's not going to be covered. So there's all sorts of things that go into it. And then you get into the climate changes, whether you believe in war, it doesn't matter. We all know that we're living in areas that are more prone to catastrophic losses due to weather and insurance carriers are going to keep limiting coverages that are they they have to you know so these are all things that we're kind of plugging in with business owners all over the country and and i think it resonates very well for the right client and and don't we don't pull any punches this is just another tool in the toolbox um but for the right client it's a fantastic tool sure sure wow that was 
that was a wealth of information there. I appreciate you <laughs> alluding to that. It definitely speaks great lengths to your knowledge and expertise in, in, in this area. And I actually want to expand upon that a little bit more because you said something in the beginning that I think, you know, small business owners and mid-sized business owners don't realize, which is in the beginning, you said the fortune companies, you know, really jumped on this opportunity because they, they saw it as another way to basically help mitigate certain type of risk that the traditional insurance companies would not otherwise cover. But now what you're doing is you're actually helping small to medium-sized businesses take advantage of this program. Having said that, let's start with talking about what are some ways to be able to depict certain types of risks that the traditional insurance companies would not cover. So if you like a small business owner like myself, right, you talked about contracts and all these other things. So what are some ways that you help small to mid-sized businesses identify those types of risks? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, every industry has its own own unique risk that they can't transfer. A good example, and I think it hits a lot of people last, last two to three years has been supply chain risk. Yeah, you know, you, you know, we we've got a scenario where we had a, a, a denim provider uh, to provide a denim all over the a very high in gene manufacturer, mm -hmm. and they had to get denim out of certain parts of the uh, parts of the world. Well, and this was out of China. This is part in during COVID. Well, he, the contracts were signed; they were dated. So, you know, price of the price of the denim was X. We you know we bid the work, we got the work. You know, they go back and get the denim now. COVID's been you know COVID took a, took hold. And now they can't even get it. So the problem is, is when you have that supply chain risk and you're and you got a contract on the other end and the dollar now, dollar's been set. Now you're now to procure that product, it's gonna cost you more money. But you can't go back to this to the end user on that because you, you signed the contract. The contract's the contract, yeah. right? Yeah. And so now you gotta pay more for that product that you unforeseen and now you got to, you know, and you got to deliver on the product, you know? So we even had to put an airfare uh, in order to meet the deadlines. He had to put on air freight where normally it's got shipped by containers. So, yeah. you know, that's just one example, but we, I, I can tell you this, I mean, I, I've dealt with business owners all over the country. Supply chain risk is real. Now traditional insurance companies will not cover that. It's just not going to be a covered event for them because it's yeah. too catastrophic. It's too unknown. There's, it's hard to underwrite. I mean, it's all of those things. But believe me, supply chain risk and, and for your listeners, they know it's it's a real risk to them. It, and it's proven itself the last couple of years. So yeah. I think just recently, that's a big one. You, when you look at cyber today, you know, it's crazy. I go to, I go to a lot of different cyber con conferences. And, you know, yeah. in the beginning when data was like, oh, everybody's got to grab data. The more data you grab, the better you're going to know more about your client. You're going to have all this. Well, now they consider data to be toxic, meaning... If you hold that data, you have a responsibility for that data, <laughs> and uh, at, and now it's it opens itself to cyber and um, and believe me, those guys are getting very crafty. Insurance industries have to limit coverages on their cyber exposures because something where in the neighborhood of seventy percent of cyber claims go unreported. I should say cyber incidents because if there were a claim, it was under covered under insurance. So when they have those types of statistics, it scares the living day out of traditional insurance carriers yeah. because they don't they're not pricing the product correctly because if right. all those claims were being reported then they can price it correctly right no different than all the auto claims are being reported well now we can really dial in on what the premium should be so they're going to limit the coverages and stuff like that so those are things that i you know traditional you know like you know in 86 when this code was passed yeah. these things weren't even thought about but now you fast forward 40 years i mean the world's gotten so complex 
Yeah. And and they and brand coverage, brand damage. Think about brand today. Think about how hard, how long and hard it takes to build your reputation in the community, but it literally takes seconds to destroy. Whether it was true or not, it won't be mattered. I mean, if something got posted on Facebook, yeah. I, I, you know, it's just we can go on and on. I mean, I can get really geeked out here on the risk, but I think sitting down with a business owner to to show it, and a lot of times they have their own nightmare stories, right? I mean, when I was selling traditional insurances prior back in 08, prior to 08, yeah. I, I could tell you, Ivan, I, I, how many times I told clients, hey, don't turn that in and here's what's going to happen, or hey, it's not going to be covered and here's yeah. why. I mean, it happens every day, and business owners get super frustrated with that, which I get. You know, you, you pay insurance and then now you're not using it, right? Or you can't use it, or it's not going to cover what you really wanted it to cover. And those are things that we can, you know, absolutely identify with business owners from. If you've been in business long enough, you've everybody's experienced everything I've just mentioned. So, yeah. You know, there were a couple of things that you mentioned that I think a lot of small business owners, specifically, I'd say, you know, one to probably 15 million, you know, mark roughly that they don't realize is that they're so caught up in, you know, the daily grind of trying to build their business and specifically trying trying to build their brand, which you mentioned. And you're absolutely right. 100% that it literally, it takes three seconds for someone to say something on social media that can heavily backfire. And the next thing you know, is you've got this ginormous risk that you have to deal with that goes back to insurance. Well, what most people don't realize, you know, look at, look at myself as a consumer, right? Uh, auto insurance, life insurance. I mean, let's face it. How often do you actually use it? Unless you're a terrible well, hopefully life insurance you don't use, but you know, <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, uh, so it's, it's a, it's a, it's a money pit for traditional uh, insurance companies because they've realized that, you know, risk costs money, but you're actually paying for a safety net really is what you're paying. So where uh, what I'm hearing you say is 831B comes in is this is that, you know, it helps fill that void. Basically, the traditional insurance companies do not want to deal with because let's face it, for one, it's not profitable for them. It'll be a huge financial loss if they said, like you were talking about the scenario with I'm in the Midwest, by the way, you were talking about that town that got burnt down. Now these businesses have to close and none of this is going to be covered. So all these small businesses are going to be like, oh, shit. What am I going to do? I just lost three, four, five, well, you know, two weeks, however much time of business. And the rent doesn't stop. The payroll doesn't stop. Exactly. I mean, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, so I mean, that COVID happened that way, right? When you deemed to be not a non-essential anymore. I mean, how? I mean, that'd be a great feeling, right? Um, you know, and you're not an essential business anymore. Well, that doesn't mean your bill stopped. Um, and so, you know, those are things that, you know, and, and I appreciate some of the comments you've made. Absolutely. And, and, and the thing about here's what, here's what I would say, Ivan, mm -hmm. you've never had an incentive to save money in business. You've had a ton of incentive to spend money and that gets back to 08, right? I mean, everybody knew, you know, everybody, you know, they, they were doing well financially. Look at the contractors. They were just killing it. Right. I mean, everybody was making money if you're a contractor. Right. You know, and, and you know, real estate was through the roof. Interest rates were low. I mean, it was easy to get loans and all that fun stuff. Those guys were killing it. Well, they were they were buying more equipment than they I had guys buying equipment, asking me to insure it. And they they didn't even know if they were going to use it next year, but they hate paying taxes. So they their accountant told them to go buy more equipment. And the problem is they financed it. They didn't pay for it, but they were able to accelerate the complete value of that pro, of that equipment. Though that's craziness, right? I mean, you're betting next year is going to be better than this year. And those are risks that people don't know the, to your point, they don't know the risk they've taken until it's too late.
And, and that's really where, that's what got me motivated to go into this business. It's like, man, there's gotta be a smarter, better way we got, I don't know if we're making more risk takers, you know, more people want to run their own business, take an idea, run with it and take a business and make it profitable. Right. Um, th that's, right. that's threading needles, man. I mean, in this day and age, and, and it's not getting easier. You got to compete with big companies and all the, all the rest, but, you know, so to me, it's like, man, can we can we take these types of tools, bring it down to that small to middle market business owner, make it costly, make it a cost effectiveness for them. I think and I think that's one of the things that we focused on, too, by the way, when when I first looked at these things, they were so darn expensive. Only Fortune 500 companies could afford to do. Them. Yep. And now we bought them down. You know, we've taken a, a rocket ship and made it down to a not quite a Yugo, but, you know, a little bit above that, maybe a Prius or something, but you know what I mean? It's like, a luxury Prius. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, yeah. I mean, it's not yeah. complicated, you know, and believe me, you know, our competitor, our, our, we compete mostly with attorneys in this stuff. And, and, yeah. uh, and, 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 and I should mention too, that, you know, this code has been abused. Uh, it's unfortunate, but, you know, welcome to the United States. I mean, we, any kind, anytime a, a bill or a law gets passed, Somebody sitting around somewhere says, oh, well, no, actually, we can interpret it this way and go do it this way. So and, and, and then and then you have the plethora of social media that literally just latches on that. Like, oh, let's they abused it. That, that means it doesn't work. You know, yeah. that's exactly what it sounds like. What happened in the beginning? No, it's exactly what happened. In fact, they were doing it yep. for estate tax purposes back in 2009, 2008, 2010, because yep. back then, I mean, it was so low that there was a lot of people willing to take the risk and they abused it yep. because they had no intention of risk management. They had all the intentions of for estate tax planning. And, you know, I got to hand it to estate tax attorneys. They were smart. They ran with it. And however, they, you know, it, it, it came back to bite several clients in the butt because they didn't set it up for the right reasons. So when, you know, today's conversation is completely different than when I first started, you know, yeah. we're talking about financial risk when we started, you know, Hey, we got to make this thing smarter, better, become your own bank down the road, get, you know, get away from, I mean, look what banks were doing, right? I mean, banks were foreclosing on people. I mean, covenants alone started to mean things during the great recession. And everybody has anybody that lived through that has that memory of that that pit in their stomach like man am i going to be able to cover cover my my loans you know am i going to be able to keep my right. business afloat i mean we didn't have ppp we didn't have the i mean look at look now big companies got built out during 08 and 09 and all that fun stuff and i think yep. COVID obviously helped small business out but you know one of the things i would like to talk about too i was like well what's plan b you know, our our, our our president right now is saying, hey, there's going to be another pandemic. Where's the money going to come from? I mean, exactly. You know, one of the things that we did, one of the things I think that COVID showed us was, you know, there's got to be a plan here. You know, yeah. it seemed like a little bit of ad hocing going on. Uh, seemed like they made they gave out the money and they made up the rules later. I, I can tell you this. I mean, the Secret Service is estimating over $100 billion is just went missing during during the covid and the ppp went missing yeah right it's went I, I missing was... <laughs> <laughs> well yeah. a couple of things i want to i want to expand upon that you were talking about because as you were talking about the affordability of 831b there's some there's there's two really important things there that i wanted to mention for listeners and viewers first of all as a small business owner there's really two reasons why you look at something and 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 you either say it's it's too too costly or two, I don't need it, or I'm not going to see value in it. And if it's too costly, it's because you're uneducated on how it's going to help you. So you were talking about the cost effectiveness of how 
in the beginning, I mean, 831B was, you know, affordable by fortune companies. Um, they really didn't need it because they already had insurance. They just wanted like that safety blanket to say that, well, if we fall and we fall through the first layer, <laughs> we got a second layer that can catch us yeah. underneath. That was really what that was as a safety net. But what I like that you talked about, and I want to expand more upon this, actually, that small businesses can now take advantage of this because when shit hits the fan and you exactly said that a second ago, you know, this recession in 2023, right? How, how long is it going to last as a small business owner? What protection do you have? And I think in part why most small businesses fail in the first five years is because they don't focus enough on risk management. They just don't take that into consideration because they get so caught up in the grind of, I want to build my business. I want to build my brand. I want to get cash flow, money, 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 sales quota, this, this, this. And then you're like, oh shit, like this could crumble overnight because I don't have any protection. Having said that, I want to talk more about that protection, the affordability and what that looks like. And maybe you can share more about as a small business owner, what are some things, some ways that you guys specifically help small businesses and kind of talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So one of the things, you know, fees should never kill a deal. And, right. and that's really where, you know, we focus on. I mean, I've got guys, I've got some uh, practices, you know, everybody asks me, what, what's the minimum to make this thing work every year? And of course, every state's different and depending on your, your ta right. level taxes. And, and it's, we're talking about the arbitrage of things, right? Where does it make sense? Where is it costly? And you know, that number used to be a lot higher. I would say right now, you know, and it's about $80,000 a year to really put into this type of a plan. To, mm -hmm. If you say, hey, next year, I'm going to close this thing down and never do it again. You know, I tell clients when they get into doing this, this is a long-term strategy. Now there'll be years that you can't that you can't do it. You know, recession's a good example of that. Just economically, it's not feasible. Okay, well the plan's not going to kill you if you do that. You got to pay. You get there's a, there's some there's some maintenance fees that go into it, but it's all taken out of the eight thirty one B plan. So we we were very conscious of of the affordability. To you know, we got guys that will do thirty thousand dollars a year, um, and it's really because. You know, some of the just because they're smaller in structure, right? They're doing maybe a million dollars in revenue or less. Um, we've got great examples, um, content providers, right? The content providers on yep. YouTube's and yep. they monetized everything else. They those guys have no insurance, so you know they have no professional liability. I mean, they're they're on their own, right? And of course, right. you're talking about brand protection, right? So anyway, so. Yep. But we've always kind of been conscious of that. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, here's the thing, man. We, we believe this will become a normal business practice. There's some things that got to get cleaned up on it and we're going to get there. Because I believe yeah. the only way we're going to really weather the storms in the future is business owners relying on themselves. No different than they relied on themselves. They didn't go out and get a loan right away, right? They had a scratch. They had to put some of their own sweat equity in, own their own money and everything else. You know, and and they and and again, if you turn a business into a profit, you took a ton of risk to get there. And maybe you used banks, maybe you didn't, maybe you had bad experience with banks and all that other fun stuff. But yep. the reality is, is this thing gives you the ability to be do to be real or self-reliant. And I think we as business owners and risk takers, who do you want to rely on? Do you want to rely on yourself or maybe another time the government says, hey, you're not essential anywhere. We're going to force you to shut down and here's some PPP money or here's employee credit retention money. You know, none of us that that did that program. You know, that was a bit of a bite of an apple. Right. I mean, yeah. we're now relying on the government to keep our business open. 
Yeah. That didn't sit well with a lot of people, you know, and if it didn't sit well with you, then uh, what are you doing differently about it today? And I'm, I'm telling you right now in 831, you, you least owe it to the employees you help support, the business you run, the risk you took to look into these types of tools to, it doesn't matter if you can't afford to do it today or it doesn't make sense for you today. Can, I mean, hopefully as your business grows, I guarantee you it will make sense to you. Our affordability goes in the road. And again, it's just a, it's awareness, right? It's education. To your point, you got to understand what's going on and we, and God bless business owners, right? I mean, they're, they, they work on their business or in their business all day long. This is definitely a work on it concept. Yeah. And, and that's really where, the, you know, they got to take themselves back a little bit, you know, and hey, I, hey, God bless them. I'm all about risk taking. But man, if you could just mitigate a little bit of it off to the side. And I say this all the time, not only is that good risk management, it's just good business. You know, something that you said that I read, uh, this, uh, this is your mission statement of your company, that at SRA, we believe small and mid-sized businesses are the life, the life blood of the American economy. Do you know how many people cannot actually fathom that? Because I think in American society, speaking from uh, a cultural differentiation, because but I'm Bulgarian, naturalized American citizen, uh, 20, 25 years ago, 25 years ago now, but speaking from a cultural aspect, particularly that I think in American society, most people have developed this gra uh, gravitation towards big brands, right? So like um, Nike or Pepsi or Coca-Cola. Yeah. And we were kind of taught like, you know, through generations even to be attracted to those brands. But what people don't understand is, is that, you know, 60% or some crazy percentage of the U.S. economy is really driven by small business because that's where job creation comes from. So now here we are talking about risk management, right? And, you know, I'm in the marketing space and you were talking about content creators. I was thinking like the Mr. Beast of the world, which he's probably one of the only exceptions because he's got piles of cash. And last I heard, he was offered billions of dollars for his YouTube channel that he turned down. But if you're not Mr. Beast, which is most people, you don't really have any additional risk management. And guess what? Uh, if you catch yourself and at least once per year, every small business owner gets caught with their pants down. They just do. It's the inev inev inevitability of life. a business. Yeah, it's just life, right? So what then? So let's talk a little bit about a little bit about some of the specific industries that maybe you can share about that you guys have helped from a risk management standpoint. What are some things that you've learned? Well, um, you know, I could look at look at OnlyFans. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you talk about political risk, right. reputation risk, right? And these, I mean, hey, if you're making I don't care if you're making five grand a month off yeah. of your content. Yeah. You get used to those. You, I mean, it, it absorbs into your lifestyle, right? Now, if you're making a couple hundred thousand, yeah. you know, you hopefully you're managing that. But that, that all that, you know, you got it from that spectrum, right? From con again, these were things were not around back in 1986 when this code was being kicked around. But today, yeah. the amount of risk people are taking and they're, how they're making their their uh, li uh, livelihood. Yeah. is is really so much at the whim and and how do you not get used to that revenue how do you not get used to those types of things and so for us it's again it's like man this you guys are again ton of risk 
how do we manage it more effectively? And that's really so. So I would say that's you know obviously any content provider out there today is really running on their own. If you're doing yeah. any kind of unique consulting today, professional liability insurance has got so many holes in it today. It's 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 a yeah. piece of paper you have to provide to somebody that maybe requires it as part of your contract you sign with, but the reality is it's going to do very little for you in the event you get sued personally because you consulted on something and it went sideways. Um, yeah. That that so these are, see, I, I mean again I and I, I don't want to I don't want to scare I don't want to I mean I believe me I can pretty much scare the hell out of anybody when I start talking about what industry they're in. Yeah, and it's only because I've been doing this for so long. I've I've lived it, right? I've seen it. I've had those calls in the middle of the night where somebody, you know, seriously in an ox and it was a fatality, or they lost their house, and you know, and you know, I've had I've had doctors that were sued because you know the patient died on on this on the table, you know, and now they're now they're being prosecuted out in the public. And I mean, I can go on and on about you know how all these things. And by the way, there was no coverage for that, right? So we had the the brand coverage for him and. We're able to fight the fight with him a little bit on, on making sure we recover his good name and blah blah blah. But so so there's just a ton of different industries out there. I, I would tell you this: there's no industry that we're not, there's no industry that we can't help. And I'm always truly fascinated by how people do make their living. That's one of the fun things about this country, right? You know, you're like you're doing what. And how did you come up with that idea? It's just so fun to work with people like that. And and you yep. probably you've seen that, right? It's like we're, we're dealing with some people right now that they're they're uh, they went. Um, what's the what's the? Oh my gosh, I'm gonna hate to I'm gonna get made fun of. I couldn't remember that uh, when they when the when they went live, right? They the viewership went through the roof, oh. millions of views, right? Uh, viral. They went viral. Oh, There's viral. The yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. First They're of all, monetizing I, that now, and yep. I'm telling you what, overnight, the revenue yep. is nuts. And it's like, you guys are so out in the wind. You don't know if you've taken somebody else's intellectual property yet, because now you're going to bring attention to yourself, or you're going to have lawsuits flying at you. I mean, it's just a, it's a complicated world. Well, man. you know, one of the, one of the biggest things here and and I've learned I've learned this also the hard way you know as as a fellow entrepreneur and a business owner luckily I you know coming from an immigrant background I've I've been raised by ethical parents who have learned a lot of hard things cuz I mean we came from a country that was formerly communist you know we were yeah. poor I mean we rode around in a vehicle that could barely you know max out at 60 kilometers you know that thing started shaking like crazy so we I came from humble beginnings what you're saying is in American society, a lot of small to medium-sized businesses simply do not pay due diligence uh, in recognizing the importance around education when it comes to risk management, because it's one of two things. My business is not doing well. I can't afford this, or my business is doing great. I got money in the bank. All is good, right? I can pay for the kids. I can pay my car payment, my mortgage, all that. I can pay my employees and payroll and blah, blah, blah. But you know what? It's not always going to be rainbows and unicorns. And that's when this comes into play. And so which is why I'm such a big proponent for education and awareness, because you can never have enough of it, especially with risk management, because there's so much that small and medium sized business owners are incoherent about. And that's what it sounds like you do a lot of, right? 
Oh yeah, we're we're always educating. I mean, that's why we love being on platforms such as yourself is because I mean, the more we can educate, or again, awareness is education. Yeah. Right? Yep. The more, the more, more you're educated, the more you become aware of things. The better you can make, better options you can have, better decisions you can make. That's yep. the bottom line, yep. right? And and that's really where we're at. I mean, I, again, we're driving the we're driving hard forward to make this a normal business practice because I think every business, every successful enterprise needs to look at this tool. And I think with time, it will be no different than the 401ks become a normal business practice, right? So yeah. that's, that's what, that's what our yeah. first and foremost, that, that, that's our driver, right? And that's, keep, that's, that's what drives us every day to go out and do. And, and, and so I, again, I, I really appreciate being on, on your platform because th this is going to help Absolutely. for the right, again, for the right client, it's going to resonate because they've never heard of this before. It's unfortunate, but they've never heard of this before. You know, one thing you said, not to abruptly interject, because this is really key. You said before we make this a normal business practice. Now, as humans and even in the business world, as we don't truly acknowledge something as a normal business practice until it becomes mainstream, right? It's like technology, right? So like when the first iPhone came out, which, by the way, I just heard that iPhone one sold for like $60,000. Some lady had it in a drawer and she auctioned it <laughs> off and somebody paid 60 grand for the first ever iPhone, which is, you know, it's, it's probably about the size of this. Yeah. You know, right. It's a lot smaller because I remember <laughs> having one of those. So point I'm trying to make is this that a lot of small businesses don't truly acknowledge the importance of something until it becomes mainstream or until shit hits the fan. And then they're trying to mitigate risk. But by then it's kind of like, you don't put the cart before the horse, you know, you got to get yourself set up. And that's what you help small businesses do is get set up, get educated, know what you're up against, how it's valuable for your business, how it's applicable for different industries and different verticals. Because we, we talked about content creators a second ago, and you made a really good point because a lot of these guys don't have insurance. I mean, they're balling in cash, making some of them. I know some guys on Twitter that are YouTubers, you know, they'll, they'll make 25 to 50K a month. You know, they'll spend maybe 15 grand on payroll and, you know, services and so forth to help them run their business. But then when you look at risk, it's like, what if somebody sued you today? Like, do you think any of these platforms would cover it? No. 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 And then too, a lot of times, you know, maybe you have to bring and bring action against them. Where's that money all going to come from? I mean, so, so the, yep. the, the dispute resolution side of things are, are, I mean, it's, it's huge. I mean, that's probably the, one of the biggest things that keep business owners up at night. Yeah. I mean, we live in a very extreme litigious society. I mean, we don't even hit on that, but you know, we're, we're doing some of those, you know, now traditional insurances might have a right to defend clause, but when you don't have an insurance policy to begin with, it doesn't really doesn't really matter to your point. Yeah. And a lot of those guys, I would say all of those people really are kind of running, running without any of that stuff. And that's, you know, again, that's just, you know, slow down. You've taken, you've gotten here, you've, you've made it. Now, now how do I mitigate some of this? And I think you brought up a good point earlier about the, you know, what you talked about with the peaks and the valleys of business cycles. You're, we could more than likely we're going into a recession, right? Yeah. Interest rates are high, you know, w w that's all going to start to play itself out. And I guarantee you two years from now, you're going to want to have a lot of cash sitting around in 2025, hopefully, assuming that we come out of the back end of this thing. Well, again, you know, to take a little bit off the top. This is what really got me going, Ivan, is back in 08 yeah. when I sit there and watched a business owner have one of these things. He actually had seven of these plans. And that guy showed up at his competitors and was buying all their equipment at 10 cents on the dollar. And then I thought, then I went, oh my God, this was what's, this is what smart money does. Yeah. You know, this is, 
this is how yep. people make money in the troughs, you know, who, who's who's still standing. And and I say this a lot to business owners, especially when I talk to contractors and general contractors and business owners that have yep. cyclical type cycles. It's like, guys, if you're not doing this, your competitor is. And I promise you that's putting them in a hell of a lot better competitive position long term than you. Well, one thing you said, um, you know, with the recession and having piles of cash, hopefully sitting around in two years, that I'm sure you've heard of what's happening with the devaluing of the U.S. dollar and the change in uh, currency, the standardization of currencies on an international level, right? And how China and Russia and Saudi Arabia oh, are yeah. talking about how, hey, screw you, we're no longer going to standardize the U.S. dollar. We're just going to use our own currency. So what does that do to the U.S. dollar? It tanks it very fast, right? It could, it could be super scary on that yeah. end, in my opinion. I mean, you know, the, the, the thing about, now you're talking about global global political economics, right? Where, yep. you, you know, it's completely out of the uh, out of your control uh, as a small to middle market business. So I don't need for that, for that big business right. too. But, you know, the reality though, is it just speaks to the risk everybody's taking. I mean, and, and, you're, and you're retaining that risk, right? If you're retaining that, well, there's a better way to manage that risk and that's utilizing yeah. an 831B. That's, you know, and, and, and I think uh, we got some really good educational videos, um, you know, that would help. Like I said, we have over 200 advisors around the country. If somebody's, you know, wants to reach out and we can absolutely plug other people in in the area, we've got a ton yeah. of referrals, references. Um, you know, again, it's, you know, if you're doing well, it's just it's just good risk management and it's good business. Yeah. yeah. Well, with that being said, you know, if if any small to medium sized business, you know, wants to engage with you, like what's the most simple dummy proof way to, you know, get more information, get engaged and see if, you know, this is the right timing for them? Yeah. You know, I would start at our website, 831B.com is our okay. website. Um, and from there, you know, there's a lot of videos, there's a lot of references, educational stuff in there. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, again, you know, going back to the abuses, this thing's been abused. So if you Google the code, obviously there's been some, you know, the IRS likes to beat their chest on some, on some cases they want, but truth be told, there were really bad facts and they cherry picked the cases. I think there's already a thousand cases pending, but they won't go to court with them because they're worried about losing a court case. Right. So. Um, that being said, you know, there's still, this is a co- yeah. code, the path that it was, there were some changes made in the path act that brought this code up to, uh, uh, current situations where it got rid of the state tax plays and stuff like that. But, you know, this code's going to be around for a long time. It's going to continue to be around. Big business has been using it for a very long time. We're going to get some clarity on some things. And, you know, meanwhile, um, you know, nobody's going to run and help you. I, and, and, hey, bottom line is, man, I don't know if we can do the PP thing again. I don't know if we can do the part of credit retention thing again. I still think there's, ramp, there's you know, that the Simi Valley Bank, in my opinion, failed because of the PPP and the employee credit retention. All that free money that went out, interest rates had to rise so fast, so quickly, it put that bank at risk. And, and, and so we're still having domino effects going on when you pump out $6 trillion of make-believe money into an economy, um, I don't think we. I don't think it's shown yeah. its ugly head yet. A lot of things that could have potentially happened because of that. Inflation obviously is the one that makes sense, um, but now with this inflation, the interest rates, it's an interesting time for sure. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we could probably keep going with this conversation. <laughs> I, first, I want to say thank you so much for this massive amount of information 
that you share because I, I think personally, every listener, every viewer that's an entrepreneur, small to medium-sized business owner, they, they should all absolutely 100% take advantage of all this information uh, that you've shared. I really want to thank you for that. And then last but not least, I know you mentioned your website, but is there any other way to connect with you or is it just the website, the primary way to the connect? Website, the website, they're going to be able to plug us in right to there. I mean, okay. you're going to find us on a lot of videos. We got, like I said, our biggest thing is videos, just educating educating clients. I mean, the website would be, and I say 831B.com because, you know, we're, yeah. we're, we're one of the ones that got that uh, domain name. You know, we had to... Yeah. So, Absolutely. Uh, and I think it's an easy one to remember. And and I really just want clients to go and, uh, hey, business owners take enough risk. If we can help mitigate that risk um, and the business owners gravitate to it, it everybody's going to win. Yeah. Bottom line. Yeah, absolutely. Man, thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Once again, it was an absolute pleasure. Thank you, Ivan. Appreciate you. Whether you on the outside of your market trying to tap back in Or just need a little help to find a way to gain some traction again You need some market reconnection We got the answers to your questions No second thoughts or second guessing You need